Hello, everyone. How's it going? I'm Megan with Events by Eva. And I'm Maggie with Maggie Walker Wedding. But together, we're the Prelude Podcast. Um, and so we have podcasts on Spotify and Apple, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts or listen to podcasts. And we talk about all things weddings. Yeah, we both have been planners in the area for a long time. And this year we were like, let's put our brains together, get a lot of content out there for people, uh, whether they're getting married or whether they're um, or whether they just want to know more about the wedding industry. So we actually have an episode in season one that we dropped earlier this year. It's six steps on the first things you should do after you're engaged. So we're going to do a quick rapid fire version of that. If you want the extended version, we recommend you listen to that episode. Uh, so yeah, I can kick this off if you want the first one. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so first, after you get engaged, we would recommend you to put your guest list together. If you have a close, accurate number of who you think that you're inviting, that helps you pick your venue. Like, how big is the space? How big is Gardens in the Gorge? How many guests can they hold? Uh, this can also help you pick out like your wedding party. Uh, a lot of those numbers are going to affect so many of your vendors' quotes. Almost all of them, essentially, those quotes are going to be affected. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of quotes. <laughs> so step two would be to set your wedding budget. Um, and that would be to also talk with everybody involved who's contributing to the wedding budget and having a candid conversation about, is that budget firm? Is there wiggle room? All of those kinds of questions. So knowing your budget so that you can figure out what you can afford venue-wise is a great thing to do. And also your guest count is going to greatly affect how your wedding budget plays out, from the number of centerpieces you need to catering. Yeah. The next thing I would recommend doing is writing a short list, like two or three items, of your top priorities. And I recommend writing that list separately from your partner because you guys might not have the same short list of priorities. Uh, this is really crucial, especially after you kind of have an idea of your budget. You can then look at allocating different parts of your budget towards your priorities and then keeping that in mind throughout your engagement and keeping it a priority and keep you centered on your wedding day. Yep. After you've identified your priorities, you've set your guest count and you set your wedding budget, now you are ready to go ahead and book your wedding venue so that you can make the best decision for you, which candidly it's Gardens in the Court because that's where we are, right? That's when you would do your necessary vendors, your necessity vendors. Um, this kind of varies depending on the type of wedding that you're having, and again, what your parties are, but this is, these are the vendors that you need to run your day. So that is likely catering, entertainment, planners would be great, uh, photographer. Yes, a lot of people nodded about planners. We agree. We should have, we should have planners. Um, but any of the vendors that you need to actually make your day run, is what we would recommend booking first. And again, prioritizing that money, prioritizing uh, the logistics around who you actually need versus what you want. And so our sixth and final step, which there's so many more steps within all of it, 
is now it's time for my favorite part, to plan your design uh, and flowers and linens and all the fun decor that comes with it. But the reason we kind of have it last, um, or our sixth step, is because you want to know how much you have left in your wedding budget to be able to allocate to decor. And there's so much variety within the cost of florals, linens, depending on the decisions that you make in there. Of course, if let's say florals are one of those top three priorities, you might want to see how you can move that up along in your planning process, but that would be our advice. So any other things that you can think of just to touch on in terms of six larger chunks of planning your wedding? Really just, we recommend this order because it will help your engagement, your planning process be so much less stressful for you guys. Uh, so that's why we came up with those steps. Cool. You wanna get into some hot takes? Sounds good. So we had um, all of you submit some hot takes in the last hour, hour and a half. We have not looked at all of them yet, so we're basically gonna react, give our opinion, and see how it goes. <laughs> we might regret it. Okay, the first one is an all-white floral wedding is boring. <laughs> I feel like some people agree with that. Maybe they wrote that one down. <laughs> yeah, maybe they do. And we also might have very different opinions on this. We should probably just say that. <laughs> or different opinions on all of them. <laughs> uh, I can go first. Okay. All white floral wedding. Not my personal vibe. But I think you can be really creative within it. Yes, I would say it greatly depends on the actual venue and the space. Yeah. Because that will help show all of the different textures within a white palette mm -hmm. or not. And it will just look boring. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did think it was Liza, Fox, and Fern. <laughs> First guess. If, you, if it was yours and you're in the room, raise your hand. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. So our next hot take. Plan ahead and give your flowers away to family, uh, friends, or charity. But don't wait until the last minute. Plan what you want to do with your blooms and tell your florist plus wedding coordinator. I think that's a good, really good advice, actually, because sadly, the flowers don't always get donated. And there are plenty of outlets that you can use to preserve your wedding florals, including um, Blossom and Rhyme, who's here today. Um, and I know some other florists do uh, floral preservation as well. I completely agree. I've been doing this with my clients for years. So if they want to donate their florals and not take all of them at the end of the night, because otherwise we just throw them away. And it's sad. Yes. Having a plan about where they're going to go, if you are donating them, who's taking them, who's picking them up, whose car are we loading? Okay, next one. Not walking down the aisle with a bouquet. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I just love flowers, so I'm going to say keep the bouquet. <laughs> I think if you're not a huge flower person and you're not spending a lot of money on it and your dress is amazing, go for it. But... 
most people aren't in that situation. So <laughs> Okay. Be more open with your specific florals. Be be willing and trusting with your florist and you will yield amazing results. I think this is definitely true. And some people in this room right now might think that I might not agree with that. But um, I do think that some of the most beautiful wedding florals that I've seen have been the ones where there is inspiration and there is a direction for the design, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be too nitpicky about, oh, it's going to be this exact shape, and you kind of let the florist run with it and give them the creativity that they have and that's true to them. Yeah, if you are able to book your dream forest, and especially if you're able to allocate more money towards it, then why not let that professional just run with whatever your style is, whatever your dream board is. And you did that for your wedding, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was very little direction, and my flowers did an amazing job. Yeah. You can listen to an episode where we critiqued our own weddings. I think you kind of talked a little bit about kind of letting your florist kind of choose the color palette, I think it was, and just show up on wedding day. Yeah, I had, again, very, very little. <laughs> so I was very surprised on the wedding day, in a good way. Okay, you do not need a send-off. I agree with this. <laughs> If you want to send off and you want the pictures, great, but you do not need to do it. We can still get guests out very efficiently. You don't have the whole thing. So if that's not what you care about, especially if you're like a, if you like to go to bed a little bit early, you just kind of want to like leave. We're all about like efficiency. Irish goodbye is a great way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Do I need bridesmaids? I would say no. I think that is really personal to whatever you want, and there's no right or wrong. I agree. We've seen a lot more couples just choosing to not have a wedding party, and from the vendor perspective, having no wedding party versus having a wedding party that's a pain is a lot better choice. So if you don't have people that are going to show up and support you, maybe just don't have a wedding party. Is that too blunt? I don't think so. <laughs> Another one, uh, children don't belong at weddings. This is a lesser family, but I would say children don't belong at weddings. <laughs> I, I think that kind of goes back to what you want for your wedding. It's your decision at the end of the day. I had kids at my wedding. That was not going to not happen. But I think it's your day and you can choose. And I think obviously a lot of people really, really care about having a ton of their people there, having a ton of their family there. So that makes sense. I think when couples don't really want to have kids and they feel obligated, on top of parents sometimes aren't great parents when they're attending a wedding, they don't watch their own children at a wedding. That's kind of when I encourage my clients, like maybe just don't have kids and just tell people no. I think there's a lot of ways that you can kindly phrase that on your wedding invitation or your wedding website as well. Just Google and there's a lot of examples. Maybe we'll do some segment of an episode in the future about that. There's a lot of floral hot takes. I wonder why. Oh, this is a good one. How do you navigate bad family dynamics during rehearsal and wedding day? Have there been any terrible situations you've had to diffuse? Yes. <laughs> So I try to ask my couples 
well before wedding week. If there are family dynamics or just like guest dynamics in general, if there's any drama I need to know about, or just anything that's sensitive, like maybe their grandparents recently passed away and they weren't going to be at the wedding, and that's obviously very emotional. And so I try to just ask any of those questions so I can have a clear knowledge. And I'm usually blind. I'm like, just tell me anything that I would need to know. Like, give me any of the drama, any of the backstory that helps me. Uh, and then just having a really clear plan of like what your professional actually is and all of that before rehearsal. That usually helps circ circumvent it and I can take on the burden of the professional and be like, this is what we're doing, this is what the couple wants to do. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> it definitely happens and I think being intentional about who you choose to have getting ready with you, whether you're a bride, whether you're a groom, uh, choosing who's there is an important thing to do. And also really communicating to whoever's in charge, whether it's um, your planner, your coordinator, so that they're aware of that dynamic. We have had situations where we have not had certain family there in the bridal suite getting ready, and it's something that we just navigate and we deal with the backlash. Okay, so this is the last hot take. Okay, do you want to read it? Oh, uh, not doing parent dances. I don't know if I agree with this one or if I'm on board with it. I think that might as well take advantage of the moments that you can have. I will say, I remember that doing my father-daughter dance was a bit awkward, but I can never redo that moment, so might as well just do it. I've also seen some, uh, we, we had one wedding once where they did both mother-son dance and father-daughter dance at the same time to the same song and then had the guests join in, and I think if you're kind of on the fence about it, that's a, a good way to go about it. Save yeah. some time in the timeline, too. Yeah, I think if, if the question's around, like, attention, or you guys are uncomfortable having it at the same time, or using it as, like, an anniversary dance to, like, open up the dance floor or something, it's a great way to, like, take the pressure off. But I feel like it's another one of those things where, like, sometimes... Maybe you just don't have a great relationship and it's not a dynamic that you care to have on your day because it's more painful than fun. That's true. Then just like don't do it. Yeah. I guess it's like it's like everything with weddings, your decision. There's no right or wrong at the end of the day. Thanks so much for being here, everyone, and submitting your hot takes. And if you want to learn more about the six steps we talked about in depth. There is a QR code directly to the episode on our booth right over here. And, yeah. and we are currently recording season two and we'll be dropping season two this fall. Thanks, guys. Excellent.